Thank you for downloading the Nonprofit Tech Podcast. This week, we're talking about using a CRM, specifically Salesforce, as your central hub for information at your organization. If you work in an association and want to learn more about systems that are out there, consider registering to attend the AMS Fest September 15th and 16th in Washington, D.C. FusionSpan will be there, so make sure to find us if you come out. Registration is at reviewmyams.com slash amsfest. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Nonprofit Tech Podcast, uh, presented by FusionSpan. Uh, my name is Justin Merniski, and I am joined today by Kristen Singleton, the Director of Tools and Technologies at Education Resource Strategies. Thank you for being here, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Glad to do it. So we're here today. You guys have a lot of great tools on the website, and I definitely, if anyone is curious about uh, tools and technology and interesting ways to leverage it, definitely a great place to look and get some ideas. But we're specifically going to talk about how you're using Salesforce. Um, and for people who don't know, Salesforce is a customer relationship management software, uh, cloud-based. So, Kristen, can you start us off and give a little background? How does ERS leverage Salesforce? And I mean, what kind of information are you currently using it to collect? So our start with Salesforce may seem fairly traditional or fairly typical for people who were working in communications because we had the need to talk to people about the work that we're doing, the great work that we're doing with schools, the insights that come from using our tools, and then to make sure that people are aware of the new things that we do as an organization and our research and outcomes from our consultancy. And a lot of that typically happens with email newsletters, through outreach that we do. And over time, we needed to get progressively better at managing contact information, managing information about accounts, and being able to ensure that people across the organization had access to that information quickly. So that was really for us the entry point for thinking about doing work with Salesforce, is getting a better handle on our contact management. We don't typically fit into the traditional sales cycle that Salesforce is intended to support. We don't have people in the field who are regularly managing and updating leads and a lot of those other things that are part of Salesforce's built-in workflows. But the core parts of what we needed to do as an organization to be better about managing the group of people that are our core audience are what drew us to use Salesforce as our customer relationship management platform. And we've since done lots more with it that I'd be happy to talk a bit more about later on, but but our getting started with it probably doesn't seem that atypical or, or non-traditional compared to other folks who are, who are doing good work in communications. So you talked about core audience, and ERS, your primary audience, I would say, is school districts. That seems like a limited, there's only so many school districts in the United States, and you're generally dealing with people relatively high up in those organizations. Given that that's somewhat of a limited customer set, why do you need a CRM? Why can't you just update a spreadsheet online? What's, what's the difference? A big part of it for us is making sure that we can depict who people are in relation to our goals as an organization. So for example, uh, an account that in Salesforce that has a major school system that has lots of teachers, that has central office administrators, that has 
perhaps union representatives who are also working with that particular district. There's lots of complex relationships that actually exist about a school system that would be really hard for us to try to capture in a spreadsheet. And it would be really hard for us to be able to use that information across the organization if we're in a spreadsheet. At the end of the day, we have who are doing the good work day in, day out of helping schools get better and helping students learn who interact with us in different ways. And something like a CRM allows us to do the segmentation of being able to think about teachers as a group, being able to think about principals and other school leaders as a group and central office people as a group. So there, while there are a finite number of large school systems in the United States, there are a, a large number of people who make those school systems work who are part of our core audience and people that we're trying to do a, an, a better and increasingly better job of letting them know the role that we can help them play in improving resource use in their districts. That makes sense. So I guess it's full, I didn't mention this at the top, but full disclosure, I did used to work with you at ERS. And when I left, and that was about four or five years ago now, you got, we didn't have a, any kind of database or centralized CRM of any sort. Now you're, you're fully into Salesforce. It seems like it's become somewhat of an intricate part of your business on a day-to-day -day basis. How was that change process? Because I know a lot of people perceive, oh, well, it's, it's a technology. I just turn it on and it works and now we're all good. You know, how did you get, I know it wasn't that easy. So how did you get from not having any system to now being, having the system uh, working across the organization that everyone's leveraging? So I'm really glad that we can say that we've made good strides since you were working with us and that you can see that we've made good strides since you were working with us. We, we were really fortunate to have you working with us for that window of time. And you, the geography and timing taking you away was, uh, was hard for us. Um, while you were here, I think we were at that stage where we were having that aha moment that we can do a better job around contact management. So we even while you were here, we were doing that work of outreached using tools like a lot of people are, things like Constant Contact and, and MailChimp and other tools that are out there as far as being able to do the work of managing mailing lists. But what we were not able to do is get that information across the organization easily. We had a lot of folks who had good contact lists in Outlook or other tools that they were using but there was no way for us to see whether or not everybody had the same contacts or did we have all the right contacts for a particular project or district that we were working with. So taking that leap of getting a customer relationship management system off the ground was compelling for people because we could very clearly show them, here's what's gonna be better once we do this work. And I think for a lot of technology efforts, if we are leading with the technology is just gonna make your life better and we can't prove it or we can't make a really credible case for them, often those will fail. In this case, I think we could very clearly show some benefits that you're gonna reap immediately by being able to have all of the contacts accessible to you really quickly and easily, making sure that we knew who we were interacting with and then letting people see that history of, 
how is the person who happens to be the superintendent of this particular district, how is our interaction with them going? And somebody who wants to answer a question, being able to do that type of self-service work. So it wasn't, Salesforce does have some significant startup costs and we had a consultant who guided us through those initial startup, but it wasn't a hard leap to ask people to think about changing the business processes to use the tool set. I think that's really good because I, I think the other, you talk about having that vision of where you're going to get to is so key of laying that out there and sort of communicating that. So often people are like, well, we're, we just need to get rid of what was there. We need something better. But if you don't have that vision, that can definitely cause problems. So um, have there been any problems since it's gone, you know, since you started using it that you, you know, you've learned the hard way maybe? One of the things that we went into this knowing was going to happen was that people's jobs were going to need to change. And I don't think we really had a sense as we got started in our work in Salesforce what all those changes would be. So let me give you an example. We knew that as part of this work, because we're implementing a workflow that exists in Salesforce, the, the web to lead process where people sign up for either ma mailings from us or to, to keep in touch with us for our ongoing communications. That web to lead process in Salesforce generates leads in the software, and then somebody's going to have to do that process of converting leads into contacts, checking for duplicates, things like that. We, we knew just by virtue of the software's workflow that that was going to be some work that we needed to do. But I think as we get farther and farther into this, we also needed to think about how significantly that was going to change somebody's job. So we ended up having to think about things like what's our expected timeline for conversion of leads. And that also has implications for other pieces of software that we use. So we have on our website some processes that reconcile contacts on in, in the Salesforce database with usage of our website but that only works when a lead has been converted to a contact. And so if that process doesn't happen on a timely basis, we lose out on some really rich history about the types of activities that people engage in on our website. So those were the types of things that eventually we needed to, to grapple with on the other side of implementing Salesforce that we probably couldn't have predicted going into it. And there are a number of instances where we needed to think differently about somebody's job after implementing the software. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, on the one hand, you had the benefit of some, you're getting something new that wasn't there before that was solving a big problem. But had you been coming from another CRM, you would have had someone in place already who was doing those jobs. So that, that part of the transition, I can see where that would be more challenging. But, I mean, would you have done anything different? I mean, do you feel like kind of figuring getting a feel for the tool and then figuring out how to change things as you were going ultimately may have been the best solution or do you, to some extent you don't know what you don't know, right? So, I mean, would you have changed that? No. So you raise a really good point that if we were coming from using Zoho or coming from using Microsoft's, Microsoft's uh, cloud tools for, for CRM, we would have had a bunch of business processes that we would have said, we're doing it using this tool set and now we need to, to map them onto using a different tool set. So some of this was building up 
from an organization that was not, it's not that we weren't doing these things, we, it's that we weren't doing them in the way that Salesforce workflows implement them. Some of them you just, you, you don't anticipate because like you said, you don't know what you don't know. That if we had this process to do again, um, I think we might have been a bit more deliberate in maybe reaching out to other organizations like ours who have made that transition to talk about the things that they learned after having implemented this that they didn't anticipate. And so talking to other folks about this would have been a good thing to do. Um, we also have, I, would, I think I probably would have, knowing what I know now, maybe done a little bit more also of the Salesforce webinars for nonprofits to see a lot of the best practices that are implemented so that we can go into it with more clear vision of here's the other types of things that organizations are doing that it doesn't feel like we're making them up or that we're not cutting from whole cloth on some of these things. Those are probably two things that I would have done differently. Okay. So I think you touched on some of the things that you've started doing. Obviously, you've got the centralized mailing list. Uh, you've got uh, both, I assume, both core you know, business partners um, or cl yeah, clients from the districts, but also I, I'm guessing that uh, I get your newsletters. I'm guessing I'm in your database. Can you talk a little bit about different ways you're using it and how you're uh, sort of segmenting different groups of people and different constituents and maybe that you weren't, especially things that you weren't doing previously? So there's a whole bunch of things that we were doing now with Salesforce that we weren't doing previously. I, I, I don't know if you want me to talk specifically about the communications functions in the organization or just some other things that we are now doing that were only possible because of our use of Salesforce. I could, I, I'd be happy to talk about either, but I just want to make sure I get to the, the best question for you. I think, I think the, broader, the broader spectrum, because I think a lot of people out there you know, if they're thinking about a CRM or they're not, you know, a lot of nonprofits, I think, are where you were five years ago. They were, they, everyone was kind of keeping track of their own contacts. Maybe there was an Excel spreadsheet or a long list of people that you had for your Christmas cards, but you didn't really have it in one place. Um, mm -hmm. And that effort is a little overwhelming. Again, I think if we can present the, the benefit that you've seen, maybe that'll help people kind of make that push. And if, if it's primarily communications, great. But if there's other stuff, let's let's dive into that as well. Great. Well, I'm glad to have the opportunity to do that because Salesforce for us is really a cornerstone of our knowledge management efforts as an organization. We are very heavy and regular users of chatter in the organization as a way for us to circulate information across all of the departments and teams in a way that gives people some control over their in information flow. In, in some respects, we've taken a lot of things that would ordinarily happen via email and move them into chatter. And that was also a really significant and important change for us to make. And it's not, that's extending it beyond our initial goal, which was to get our communications functions beefed up and shored up in the organization. When you were working with us, we were using SharePoint as the cornerstone, or we were, we thought at that time, the cornerstone of our knowledge management efforts forms. One where we had a significant amount of our communications information, and then the other where we had a number of our documents was not working for us because the documents and the people were related to each other and the documents and what we 
know about them and what we say about them were, were important for us to bring into our, our knowledge management infrastructure. So we actually jettisoned SharePoint as our knowledge management cornerstone, and we use Chatter significantly for our knowledge efforts. And that has also been a, a huge accelerator for us in terms of how information gets across the organization and where people can go to find out what's actually happening across the spectrum of our work. We, ha we have now a much better way to give people in the organization a clearer sense of all the things that we're doing in a way that we just did not envision when we first got started with Salesforce. So for people who don't know, can you describe ch what is Chatter? Because I think most people, you, know, you think of CRM, you're just thinking of individuals, organizations. Chatter is a whole other function set. Right. Yeah. So Chatter is a social component of Salesforce for anybody who is using LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, the same approach that you take to sharing information via those tool sets. Chatter is, a, is something very equivalent, but just under the, the Salesforce uh, software umbrella. And it's a way for people in the organization to share what's happening about their work. So we may have people who, we have a bunch of groups in Chatter, just like if you're a member of LinkedIn or something like that, you're used to posting an update about the work that you're doing or it may go to a particular group. We have that within the organization. So there's a group about the work the communications team is doing and work a group about the work that my technologies team is doing. And we can then make posts of, with documents, with information about the work that we're doing to make sure that it gets spread to people across the organization. And one of the, the important things for me about using Chatter is that it, it doesn't necessarily, as far as information circulation, it's not fundamentally that different from email. But I think the big thing for me is that it is a way for us to bring things that would normally be locked up in email and bring them out into the larger organization. So that if you weren't on the email chain, then somebody has to think to forward it to you. And then who wants to read more email anyway? With Chatter, with, it allows us to share information within groups. And if people who stumble across the information or who need it opportunistically, they don't have to be on the email chain, but they can still find out what's everybody talking about as it relates to this particular project or things that are happening for this particular account. One really good example of this for us is that we use Chatter as a way to talk about the impact that we have in our work. So if somebody from our consulting practice happens to see things like um, a document that we created that they saw in the district central office, for example, they might post that information to Chatter and then other people in the organization can see, look, there's an example of our impact. There's an example of our reach. And it's a really good way for our communications team to see the impact that the work that we are doing in creating publications, tools, all those other things, that they can see the reach that we're having as far as um, things getting out into the water in a district without adding to the email volume. It's something that we have a number of, of conventions that we use to try to capture those things in chatter, but it's a, a good way to give people insights into the, the types of things that are happening across the organization. All right. So I do want to touch on, on your website. You go to the homepage, erstrategies.org, and you've got these great tools, uh, school designer, 
school budget hold'em, which I'm personally biased towards, obviously. In a good um, way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, if you if anyone wants to take the time, you can listen to the, the instructional videos. You may recognize the voice. And then the resource check. How are you, as director of tools and technology, how are you how are these tools integrated with Salesforce? Are they is there any kind of connection and how are you leveraging that information? Yes, a great question. So if you, when you create uh, an account on our website, an ERS tools account or an ERS account on our website, you have the option to sign up to receive communications from us, newsletters, updates, things like that. Or if you choose not to receive those updates and you just use your ERS account for use of our tools, it gives us a good way to see what type of person you are in relation to interacting with our organization. If you're somebody who's using our tools on a regular basis, then we connect our website to Salesforce so that we can see if you are a casual user of our tools, if you're somebody that uses them on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, but it gives us a good way to help understand the relative value of our website and the tools on our website to how you are doing your work in a district. Now, obviously, if you're somebody who's receiving communications from us, there's other things like campaigns in Salesforce, and then the analytics that go along with whether or not you're opening the emails that we send and clicking on the links that are included in the emails. So it gives us a good way of being able to work with and then analyze the, the different types of ways that people might interact with us. Not everybody who comes to our website and creates account is going to use Resource Checker School Designer. Some people are, are going to read our publications, and that's great. We certainly want them to do that. But other folks are going to be really heavy users of our tools. And it's really important for us to know who those regular users are. And we can then go back and say, we noticed that you're somebody who's logged in pretty recently. We have a lot to learn from you. And it helps us then zero in on the people that can give us the greatest insight into improving the quality of our tools. I think that's really smart. I think so much there's so much opportunity to collect data out there, but then if you don't have a good strategy for leveraging it, it doesn't make sense. But this sounds like you're really able to, by having that extra feature, because you can very easily just put the tools out there and not have anyone log in and not have people save it. And they just kind of use it, and you get some clicks and Google Analytics, but you're able to really dive deeper and help leverage the people out there. At, you know, obviously, people using your tools are interested in supporting you, or would likely have similar mission and support you know, to ERS and want to support your organization. So, Absolutely. So just to make sure it's clear that when you take a look at the privacy policy on our website, one of the things that we share as you're using our site is that we're going to collect information about the usage of our tools to make our tools better. And one of the things that we are really cognizant of is, especially for people who are working in school systems, they have limited time. There's a lot of people that are trying to get their attention and get them to use tools that, that they think are going to be instrumental in improving the, the, the way that, that schools deliver educational support and services to students. So it's really important to us to make sure that people who are using our tools have a successful experience with them, that they're the best tools that they can be. And taking the information about how people are using them is a, a really critical part of our, our, of our improvement strategy. 
we don't use it to, to sell anybody anything. We don't share it with third parties or give it to other organizations. It's really aimed at helping us improve the quality of our tools. So being able to learn who the people are who are using them regularly gives us a good way to then go back and say, what more can we do to make these even more valuable to you? All right, makes sense. So any final words of advice you'd like to give to people uh, or any other, any other activities or projects uh, Education Resource Strategies is currently working on you'd like to share? So maybe I can do a, a little bit of both. Um, I would say as far as the words of advice side of it goes, if you're going to take the leap to do something like implementing a CRM like Salesforce or probably other tools that are out there as well, I, I think the, there may be opportunities for you to look at what can we do differently now that we're doing this. There is not every workflow that in Salesforce may not be one that you're going to implement in the organization, but for the ones that you can tailor and with a little bit of adjustment actually give you a way of improving your functioning as a small business. We also use, for example, Salesforce's case management and its service cloud. We are a small organization, but it was a great way for us to be able to take other workflows in Salesforce and update some of our business processes for technologies and, and how we support people internally. Take a look at the opportunities that you can have of tweaking some of the existing processes and, and making them fit with your own. Um, as far as the thing, the other things that, that we're doing at, at Education Resource Strategies, those of you listening to this podcast and, and those of you either that know Justin or, or work with Justin, there's probably your local school district or a district that you know really well. We'd love to have you come to our website, take a look at our tools, see how they might help the, the districts that you are supporting, that you know about, that you work with, and help them do a better job of thinking about how people, time, and money are being used in those districts. So if you head over to erstrategies.org and take a look at what we have there when you create an ERS account, um, it gives us, I think, you a great way to, to see the things that your district is probably doing right now that you might play a role in helping them be better about. Yeah. I will just add a little plug there that I think the tools are very intuitive. You, know, you don't have to be uh, an expert on the school districts or how they work or the, the governance structure to be able to start to learn something. So, Kristen, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you coming on. Glad to do it, Justin. I'm glad to be able to connect with you after you're having been here. It's great to see the things that you've done. Thanks again to my guest, Kristen Singleton from Education Resource Strategies for joining me this week. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. While you're there, please rate and review the podcast. For more great content, check out FusionSpan's blog at FusionSpan.com.